Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of Subspace Communique's Life After Trek. I'm your host, Chris, or Captain Pike, chief editor of Subspace Communique. Fancy. Yeah, I know, right? Chief editor. <laughs> Imagine the power I wield. Anyway, <laughs> with me, as always, as you can hear, is Charity, Charity. a.k.a. Crewman Becky. Hi, hi. Yep. So tonight we're super excited to have Chase Masterson and James Kerwin back on the show. Uh, when we launched Life After Trek, uh, gosh, over a year ago, the idea behind it uh, was to get in touch with former Star Trek cast and crew and see what they're up to now. Of course, we talk about their time on uh, Star Trek, whatever series, movie they were in. But we also want to talk about their current projects. And that's really what tonight is all about. It's an update from James and Chase to talk about their new project called RUR. I'm not going to give any details about it because uh, we dive into it pretty deep in this uh, this interview. So again, we're thrilled to have Chase and James back, and you guys are totally going to dig this, so stay tuned. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Uh, tonight we're very pleased to have Chase Masterson and James Kerwin return to life after track. Uh, they're here to talk about their new project, RUR, and of course, we're super excited to have them back. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks you guys. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, we're super excited to to dive into RUR. Um, I want to give give folks out there a little recap into our last interview. We actually interviewed uh, Chase and James back on episode four of Life After Trek. We were talking about their feature film yesterday was Aligned. If you haven't heard that, be sure and go uh, check that out. We also talk about Chase's time on DS9 and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, you guys go ahead and get out there and check it out if you haven't. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right in. James, can you tell us a little bit about the history of uh, RUR uh, and kind of how you came upon it? We know that it's a, a play from the 20s, I believe, right? Yeah, it's actually a play by a Czech science fiction author named Carl Chopek, who wrote the play. I uh, started writing it in 1919, and it was published in 1920 and first performed in Czechoslovakia in 1921 um, with an English translation a few years after that. Um, and uh, it was a very uh, prescient piece in the sense that it predicted advances in biotechnology to the point where, you know, in the story, which was set 50 years in the future, so it would have been, you know, 1969 or so, um, uh, presumably when he was intending the story to be set, but he, he predicted a future uh, in which we were able to artificially create people in laboratories. Um, and uh, so he, in a way, predicted some real advances in bioengineering and genetic engineering. Um, and I had to study the play when I was in a college lit class, actually. And I was I was exposed to it first then, and I kind of became fascinated with it. I always wanted to uh, to revisit it directorially. You know, from what we've heard, a lot of current science fiction and science fiction from the last 80, 90 years has been kind of based on this. What, what about the play drove you uh, to want to adapt it into a feature film? Well, it, it hasn't been done before. Uh, it, you're right. It was the inspiration for a lot of science fiction, like Metropolis and Blade Runner and um, even the concept for the Cylons and the new Battlestar Galactica kind of all took their, their genesis in, in RUR. And... Um, but but more than just being a great science fiction piece, it's also a really interesting socio-economic, socio-political allegory. It deals with a lot of political themes and and socio-economic themes that are very very relevant to our society today. Um, and so now more than ever is a great time to perform RUR. 
Um, it now needed to be adapted somewhat because it's it's um, uh, the language is, is is very dated in sure, the original. Sure, I know. Um, but uh, but uh, we we remain fairly close to the to the original, fairly faithful to it. So Chase, you play a character named Sulla, is that right? Yes, I do. What's she like? Well, Sulla is a genetically engineered worker. Um, RUR, and chime in here, of course, James. RUR uh, is known to stand for Ross from Universal Robots, mm. and um, that's actually the first time that the word robot was coined or used in the English language. Um, apparently, the word robot means worker, right, James, in Czech? Yeah, it was never intended to be um, mechanical men or anything like that. It was, in the original story, they're, they're just, they're human beings. They're just made in a laboratory artificially. And when they translated the play into English, they wanted to keep the abbreviation R-U-R because it had become somewhat popular in Europe at the time. And, but they couldn't think of an English word that began with R that meant worker. Because in the original check, the R-U-R stands for Rossum's Artificial Workers. Mm. So they were trying to think of a word that began with R that would stand for worker, but they couldn't think of any, so they just used the Czech word, robota. Um, and so that's how the word robot came into the English language. But American directors were kind of fascinated with the concept of mechanical men at the time, so they started re-envisioning the play as being about you know, what we think of as robots, as opposed to what the original story was supposed to be about, which is just you know people. And uh, Chopik was actually very upset about that. He, he, he kind of spoke out against that interpretation of his piece. So in ours, we're kind of going back to the original. So Sola is is um, not a robot in any sense of the word. She is a person. She's just grown in a laboratory instead of uh, in a in a person. So Sola is one of the workers who is at the upper end of the spectrum. She was created basically for the benefits and pleasures of. Uh, Harry Doman, who is the um, CEO of RUR. And he is, um, you know, he's just a guy who's thinking he's doing the right kinds of things. And Sulla is um, someone who has been involved with him and not really supposed to have any direct feelings about it. Sulla finds herself having feelings and emotions and spiritual leanings as well. And beliefs and understandings that are all part of this advanced kind of consciousness that um, Harry didn't really count on. And um, that may be, obviously, that's a, a recurring theme in a lot of science fiction, but what's really interesting about Sala is she really isn't sure where her loyalties lie, because when there begins to be a, a revolution between the robots, uh, not robots, the workers, sorry, and, uh, and, and the natural people, um, because the workers have, have been so oppressed um, and, and taken for granted and not understood for all that they are, Stella finds her loyalties really torn, where she loves Harry and has been his. She also knows that she has a responsibility to herself to be all that she is and to, um, and to stand up for her people. And um, so Stella has a lot of a lot of choices to make and a lot of internal tears and um, a lot of mystery about her. I, I think that a lot of times during the script, she doesn't really know where her loyalties lie and what her, um, you know, what, what, what she really wants more than anything. Did the complexity of the character draw you to her at all or 
Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's really, really rich stuff to play on camera. Um, and certainly a lot richer than Lita was <laughs> getting to be. I mean, there were some, <laughs> some things about Lita that were rich, but as I've said before, I think, you know, there just wasn't wasn't the time and storyline to really bring Lita to the depths that I would have liked and certainly how how I want to be seen in terms of my capabilities as an actress or a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a lot closer to that. And, um, you know, it's also just really super fun. Stylistically, uh, the concept that James has come up with is really hot. And so, you know, it's all I guess to be kind of a bombshell. So I'll, I'll do my <laughs> best with that and, uh, and, see, and see what happens. Um, sure, and I'm sure you won't have any problem with that at no, all. No, no problems there at all. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't want me to go there, but just internally and externally, you know. It's, right. It, you know, you find a lot of roles that are rich and deep, but a lot of times they're wrapped up in the guise of being a, what, a psychologist, a teacher, a doctor, an attorney, a mom. Stella is all that richness inside, and she's got this fun kind of, approach to it so i'm excited about it from a lot of different angles and and you know honestly we're pretty excited about it too Um, and we understand that the script is still in development um, but and without giving anything away uh, from what you're working on do you have any let me let me restart this question by saying i know that science fiction often is a mirror for current society now is that the angle that you're going to take with this also i know it kind of sounds like to me at least not knowing much about the source material that the original was a mirror for that for its time and place are you doing that same thing with this interpretation of rur it's exciting james yeah it absolutely absolutely that's one of the reasons i think it's so pertinent right now um is that the things that were happening in europe that chopek saw happening in europe it, at the time in the late 19 teens when he started writing this are very similar to what's going on in our society right now. Um, He saw society kind of devolving into a a particularly politics kind of devolving into a, 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 a system of political extremes where you had people on extreme one side and extreme other side of the political spectrum slinging mud at each other, politicians fighting back and forth, not really having any type of rational discussion about issues, but simply attack, going on the attack, um, attacking each other. And he didn't think politics should be a team sport, but he saw that it was starting to devolve into that. And that, that kind of infighting would eventually lead to collapse of society, is what, is what he believed. And it's pretty interesting because we, we, we see this kind of political vitriol going on among the politicians today, whichever side you're on, uh, that that is uh, kind of unprecedented. I mean, it's gotten really, really bad, and I think it's just a lot of people off. And that's one of the major themes of of, of the story. So I think it's it's eerily pertinent to today. Yeah, absolutely. No, it sounds like it. Um, we're like I said, we're excited about it. One of my favorite things, and I've probably said this on every single Life After After Trek episode, is I love it when science fiction mirror society it's the easiest way for people to to expose society's ills and have people understand it so it just sounds like a fantastic premise and science fiction is is kind of unique in its ability to do that as a genre because it's the only genre that can shine a light on the human condition from the outside in mm. a sense it's the only genre that can po- posits 
you know, uh, non-human consciousness, whether they're aliens or robots, or in this case, engineered people who are engineered not to have their own will. And, you know, it, just like the best Star Treks, the best characters in, in, in Star Trek, like Data and Spock and Odo and all of them, where, where you find them teaching you more about the human condition than the humans themselves do. Yeah, um, I think that's, that's, that's what R.U.R. is all about. These, these, through these workers, like the character of Sulla, you learn all sorts of truths about humans and human consciousness and the human psyche that uh, you really wouldn't be able to do in any other genre. That's, that's why sci-fi is so cool. I was just going to say, and science fiction can do that in a non-threatening way because it's so fantastical. It doesn't, it doesn't shut people down immediately if it's not their particular point of view. A lot of people will, will look at it and listen to it more so than they would um, an argument from a counter point of view. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. 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 In allegory, we're able to say, you know, oh, gosh, those people really shouldn't be that way. Uh oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Neither should we. Yeah, exactly. It can sneak up on you in a way that is palatable. And it's wonderful how art can do that and how I think science fiction and, and, and music, in a sense, can bring you to an emotional understanding of something that leads to then an intellectual understanding and a psychological understanding, and then that can lead to action, to life change. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Now, like I said, the script is, and actually the, the, the film is and script are still under development, um, but you guys are working on RUR Genesis, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the feature script is something that my writing partner, Andrew Deutsch, and I have been writing. Um, we, we've been working on it on and off for like seven years, actually. Um, so even before we did Yesterday Was a Lie. And that's still in development. Um, we're in negotiations to, to, uh, to, to make it into a feature film and just you know, keeping our fingers crossed that that's going to happen. Awesome, yeah. But uh, in the meantime, we are, we are focusing on this standalone short called, uh, like you said, Are You Our Genesis? that is designed to kind of be a, a, a teaser for the feature, like an introduction to the, um, to the world, the style of the world that we're creating. And um, it focuses on some of the supporting characters from the film, including Sala, Chase's character, um, yeah. who plays a much more central role in the short, um, and just kind of follows her on a little side adventure that she has um, and that's that's what we're in the fundraising stages for right now. Yeah, and that's what's really cool about um, you know our our times. Uh, a lot of independent filmmakers can actually get out there uh, and drum up the support that they need. They find the people that believe in the, in the the vision that they have and something that they want to see. Um, it, we've seen it with a few other uh, fan run films, not fan run, but indie run films. I should say it's not fan run. Uh, that have had great success with this. And you guys decided to go with uh, Indiegogo, correct, instead of Kickstarter? Yeah. Yes. For a couple yeah. of different financial reasons. Um, one of them is that the production company, Helicon Arts, which is the same company that did Yesterday Was a Lie, is uh, a 501c3 nonprofit. So if people donate through PayPal, they actually get a tax deduction. So there's a lot of different reasons to donate. Um, one is because it's a uber cool science fiction project. Um, another is the tax deduction. And then there's the levels of support that bring in some really cool stuff. Everything from producer credits um, for higher levels of support down to uh, the usual stuff, autographs and stuff. But then we also even have um, extra roles um, that, that I hope that I hope that some Star Trek fans, we already had a couple people jump on that. Um, I think it would be really fun to have some fans on, on set while this all happens. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that would be fantastic. <laughs> you so. don't see that option very often in, um, you know, Kickstarter type programs. Yeah, so that's really absolutely. Neat. I mean, we've seen some pretty lucrative stuff before, but nothing like this. So that, I mean, if you guys really, if you want to get into this on the ground floor, if you want to go out there and, and be a part of it, this is your chance. Not just financially, but it sounds like you could actually be an extra uh, in the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be fun. Where, where can they go to donate? It's really easy. They go to Indiegogo.com slash R-U-R, which is I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com slash R-U-R. And you can watch the video that we have there, read a little bit about it, um, choose the level of reward that you want, and the rewards stack so that if you pick a higher level of reward, you also get the lower ones. Mm. And um, like I said, if they want a tax deduction, they can pay through PayPal, um, and then they'll get a tax deduction receipt for that if they so choose. Um, which is the, that's why we went with Indiegogo because Kickstarter doesn't actually do that, but, but Indiegogo does if, if you are a nonprofit, which we are. So, uh, so that's it, Indiegogo.com slash R-U-R. And do you guys have a, an actual website for, uh, the movie yet, or is that something that's also in production? It's, we do, we haven't launched it yet. Okay, cool. And you, you, yeah. you guys can let us know and we'll pass it along to all of the fans out there too, um, when it launches. But yeah, be sure and go out there and check Indiegogo.com slash R-U-R if you guys would like to participate in this. And like I said, we're excited about it. I know you guys are. It's probably what James, you said you've been working on it for seven years. So it's something that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, And it sounds like something that would be near and dear to Star Trek fans' uh, hearts because it, like I said, mirrors uh, current society. It's what Trek did. It was one of the best things that Trek did. Absolutely. So. Definitely. Yeah. I, have, I actually also have a co-adaptation credit, not not screenplay, which James wrote um, himself, but but a, a co-story adaptation credit for some ideas that I brought in. So oh, awesome. Just to let you know, she's not just a Davo girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after we saw Yesterday Was a Lie, um, and, you know, we've seen some of your other work, too, uh, so we knew that you were uh, much deeper than Lita. We love Lita. Don't get us wrong. We We adore Lita, but it's cool to see you out there. And getting the uh, the kind of exposure that you want and, and the roles that you want. Because, like I said, we were huge fans of Yesterday Was a Lie. Um, yeah, totally. A really, really in-depth story, oh. very fascinating story. So if that's any indication of, of what RUR can be, then it won't let us down. So. Thank you so much. It's always really good talking with you guys. I, I just Every time I talk with you, I'm reminded how you guys are just really true lovers and supporters of science fiction and, and the genre. And it's really neat to hear people who, you know, who do their research and know things about, you know, about the genre and, and care about it in the way that you guys do. You guys you just you have such a beautiful real tone in, in your voice and in what you do. I, I, I love it. It's always nice coming on with you guys. No, that's well, so sweet. You. That's very kind. <laughs> It made me gush. I know a little I'm bit. blushing a little. Yeah, a blush. I, should say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, no, that's great. So, like I said, Indiegogo.com/rur. If you guys would like to uh, donate and get an extra uh, role in in the new film, that's so cool. I love uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I had no idea about that. I should have should have seen that. But that is just yeah, that's like the icing on the cake. Be, be sure and go out there and donate. <laughs> So besides doing RUR, Chase has actually got a convention coming up, and so that's uh, that's Oztrek, correct, Chase? Yeah, Oztrek. I'm really excited about it. It's this weekend, um, Saturday in Melbourne and Sunday in Sydney. And um, 
Scott Liston is, is putting this together. It's going to be a blast. I hope our fans down under will come out and say hello. Walter Koenig is going to be there and myself. And I love Australia. It's always so great to be down there and have a fun, you know, romping time with, with those fans, really passionate, cool people. Yeah. And is, is so that I'm guessing that's a convention then, correct? It's not. Uh, yeah. Okay. Very cool. So Walter yeah. Koenig, Chase Masterson, if you guys are, uh, all of our Australian fans out there, if you're near that area, be sure and go check them out. Um, Walter's actually one of our, another Life After Trek alumni, uh, and we had a blast talking yeah. to him. And he's always great at conventions, and so is Chase. Um, so if you guys want a good experience talking to cast, here's your chance, because we know for a fact that they're definitely uh, somebody you'd want to talk to, and they'll engage uh, with you. So be sure and check that out. Cool, yeah. Come on out. Thank you. And uh, it's a pleasure talking to you guys, as always. Uh, and we'll be passing along more information about RUR when it's available. All the links that we've talked about uh, in this podcast will be available in the show notes. Um, but uh, thanks again, guys. and We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you both, Chris and Charity. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. great talking to you, too. Thank you. All right. Bless you, guys. Talk to you soon. So that was episode 18 of Subspace Communiques Life After Trek. We were thrilled to have Chase and James on the show again. Uh, and if you guys would like to go out there and support their new project, RUR, you can go to Indiegogo.com slash RUR. Here's your chance to, to actually be an extra in the film. That's pretty darn that cool. That is neat. There's really not a lot of time for them to donate, right? It's, it's only through February 10th at 11.59 p.m. So the end of February 10th. You've got all day that day to do it. Yeah, yeah. And there are several different levels that you can donate, uh, starting from $10 and going all the way up to 2500 where you get a co-executive producer uh, credit. Now, we were talking about the walk-on roll just a couple seconds ago, and you can get that for $350 plus a Yesterday Was a Lie DVD. You know, 350 bucks to get a walk-on roll that and start cool. with In Something with Chase Masterson, directed by James Kerwin. I mean, that's, that's a bargain. Definitely, definitely. I mean, and what are you going to do with 350 bucks? I mean, you can't even have a day out on the town for that much. So that's pretty darn cool. Yep, yep. And like we said, you guys can check this out at Indiegogo.com slash R-U-R. Like I said earlier in the podcast, you guys can check out uh, James and Chase on episode four of uh, Subspace Communiques Life After Track. You can also check out all of the other podcasts that we've recorded. We just did one with Armin not too long ago, Armin Shimmerman, uh, Quark from Deep Space Nine, and tons of other uh, Star Trek cast and crew. You can check that out at lifeaftertrek.com. Uh, if you haven't been to our site before, it's subspacecommunicate.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash subspacecoms, and uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash subspacecoms. And like I said last time, we do have a Google Plus account, Google Plus page for Subspace Communicate, but I still haven't looked it up, so you're going to have to search for that one. Do we have anybody like Plus in it yet? Yes, well? we have seven people, so do you could really? be number eight. Ooh. Number eight. Hey, I wonder who's going to be number 47. We're going to have to wait a long time for that. <laughs> uh, we love bringing these episodes to you guys. Uh, this kind of stuff, having an update from Chase is fantastic. And we're going to try and keep doing these kind of podcasts with former cast and crew that have even been on our show. Uh, so That's the whole point of this thing. Yeah. So look forward to those. We'd like to give a couple shout outs to some podcasts that we also dig. Uh, you guys can check out Geek Fights, uh, geekfights.net. 
Uh, and we also love the Sci-Fi Diner at scifidinerpodcast.com. Oh, hey, real quick before we forget, guys. You know, we do appreciate any ratings you can give us on iTunes. We would prefer the five stars like we always say, but, you know, any any kind of rating you can give us would be fantastic. It actually moves us up further in the charts on iTunes and gets more people listening to the podcast. So helps out the show, give us more clout. We can go out there and find more interviews for you. Speaking of interviews, we look forward to doing the next Life After Trek as soon as possible. Uh, but until then, everybody out there, live long and prosper. 